Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray you're doing well. I think I'm a little hoarse this morning. I'm not a little hoarse. I'm a nun. (laughs) And it's good to be with you. So good to be with you live all the time. Every once in a while, we still need to run an encore, and i sorry for that. But um, we are doing all right, and we are on the mend, and we are thrilled to be with you. And we are thrilled to be here Uh, for such a time as this, when the world is going, um, how do I say, um, I guess the way of all flesh, not the way of the spirit, uh, evil increasing um, without, well, I don't think it's still without bounds, but, but God is still withholding it. I think if he removed his hand, um, completely, we would not be able to fathom the evil that would come upon us, um, even though it is tremendously evil now. What's coming upon us, uh, we have not yet seen. I absolutely believe that. What is there for us to do? Not to panic, not to live in fear. We are the Lord's. It is His victory. We are His. What we have to do is be faithful. If we're not faithful, we must repent. We must convert while it is yet day. We don't have much time. I'm not a prophetess. I'm not a seer. I have had no visions. Um, I simply, uh, I'm not even going by modern so-called prophets. These are Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Akita, Our Lady of La Salette, Marie, Julie, Jelheny, who's been approved by the church and other prophecies, Our Lady of Good Success, for our day, and we are living through it now. Um, And so um, I won't say more. I've been told a little more, but I have no way to confirm that. Uh, That's not even important. What's important is that we live holy lives, and we take responsibility, the vocation that we've been given, whether we're religious, whether we're priests, Mothers of families, fathers of families, children of families, we need to live our vocation. If you don't know what your vocation is, we have a vocation, every single one of us as baptized children of God, to love and to holiness, every single one of us. We have a call to love, to love God and our neighbor as ourselves, and a call to holiness, and nothing can stand in the way, unless we want to put ourselves in the position of being condemned. Um, God gives us free will, and he will not violate that free will. If we are living in sin and we continue that way, we are uh, on the road to hell by our choice, by our choice. Um, There are some who think there is a quote-unquote reasonable hope that that hell is empty, rather. Uh, Such a person is 
totally blind or, or um, deluded by the devil himself because Our Lady of Fatima has talked about hell, many of, and, and that many go to hell for the sins of unchastity. Um, St. Catherine of Genoa, many of the saints, the children of Fatima, have been shown hell with very much occupied. So uh, anyone thinks that uh, there's a hope that all will be saved uh, does not understand Catholic theology or doctrine, at least in that area. And if they speak it, um, they are leading many astray and they will be accountable for that. Uh, There is a heaven, there is a hell, and uh, one is the presence of God, one is without God for all eternity. There's no change. For all eternity, if you go into eternity apart from God, you will remain there and suffer in torture for all eternity. Um, The suffering will not ever ease. The fires of hell, the gnashing of teeth, everything our Lord describes. In fact, our Lord spoke of hell in the Gospels more than any other subject. More than any other subject. Shame on those who do not warn people of hell or who've been blinded by the devil to think people don't go there or don't have to. Um, If you don't love God, if you don't strive for holiness, if you don't repent of your sins, you are on your way to hell. And we know that our Lord spoke of two roads, the narrow road and the wide road, the narrow road that leads to heaven. And many are, we start, we can be, on and off the, the narrow road. Uh, Pilgrim's Progress is a wonderful book to read. If you're not sure how that works, it was written by a Protestant many years ago. There's a film out on it, and I say it's excellent. It does not give you the Catholic sacraments or the Catholic means of grace and repentance, but it certainly gives you the grace of God and the means of repentance, and you know the rest if you're Catholic. Um, if you're on the narrow road, the devil, the enemy is after you. If you are on the wide road, which leads to uh, perdition, which leads to hell, um, you're on your own. The devil doesn't have to bother you at all. And both roads have a sign that say this way to heaven. Both roads say this way to heaven. And the wide road lets you do what you want for as long as you want until you are finally in, he- in hell, because that's what the enemy wants. So, beloved, it's time to wake up. I mentioned um, on Friday that I have the honor of being invited to the blog um, spot, um, the, the um, I forget what it's called at the moment. Uh, let me bring that up. Um, it's, uh, it's the direction. Um, oh, I can't, I can't get the... Um, it's tan direction is what it is. Uh, Tan Publishers, Utterly Trustworthy, who have a new blog with several writers on it um, starting October 1. And so they invited me to join them, and I did as of October 1. And my post is up there, so so is everyone else's. And I wasn't sure. I've never done anything with Tan except purchase their books from the day I became Catholic because I quickly learned who faithful publishers were. And I didn't know all the authors yet whether pre or post Vatican II, but if Tan was the publisher, I knew it was orthodox and reliable. 
Um, but I've never really gotten more involved with TAN. Well, I have since I'm now part of their blog apostolate. And um, I cannot be more pleased to take a look at their website, TAN, T-A-N, Thomas A. Nelson, the Nelson Publishers, merged with Benedictine Press. Absolutely outstanding. And the blog they have, um, I, I don't know if it'll always be this way, but my own uh, com- uh, column is for the survival of the family, and their entire blog has to do with raising w- holy children, uh, 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 how to be spiritual directors of your children at home, uh, how to have a marriage that is um, spiritual, not utilitarian. It's just beautiful. So I, I want to urge you, it's tan direction. Uh, dot tanbooks.com tan t-a-n direction one word dot tanbooks.com so in the time we have this morning before our second break when we'll take your calls and emails i thought i would maybe read my first column to you because i'm going to be it's the foundation of the subsequent columns which are going to be put up monthly and it has to do with the battle for the family and for our souls um, and the, the theme of it is taken from a most excellent interview on the part of John Henry Weston, co-founder of LifeSite News, that John Henry Weston had with Bishop Athanasius Snyder, one of the holiest bishops in the church, um, who uh, is outspoken uh, for the sake of the faithful, for the sake of the people of the church. Um, for their salvation, uh, to steer us through this dark time, which is only going to get darker, beloved. And so I wrote this, uh, that this is my first column to you within the wonderful and God-blessed family of Tan. And I said, I'm honored to be invited to write this monthly column and especially grateful that we can, in this way, support one another as the enemy continues his battle for the destruction of the family. And I say that knowing, as I pray you do, that the gates of hell will not ever prevail against God's church, nor will evil ever triumph over our Blessed Mother's Immaculate Heart. I'm going to interrupt this to say what I said in part on Friday, that the year of St. Joseph ends December 8th on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, and it is thought by... Uh, several people um, uh, perhaps prophesied that that will begin the the triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, which will not begin in peace because the enemy will now bring out all his guns to fight uh, such a thing. And so the triumph, the beginning of the triumph of our mother's heart will begin with tremendous evil, tremendous persecution, and martyrdom, beloved. You need to be ready for martyrdom. If your children are taken from you and they don't know the faith or who they are, they're doomed. They must know who they are. You must get them out of public schools and Catholic schools if the Catholic schools are not faithful. You will be accountable before God for raising your children in the faith no matter what it takes, no matter what you need to do, if you need to live on bread and water, Get your children out and raise them in the faith. We'll be right back after the break, beloved.
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And we are right in the middle actually at the beginning of uh, reading to you my first column for Tan Direction at tanpublishers.com, tandirection.tanbooks.com, and um, it has to do with the survival of the family. And I quoted John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have said this to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Beloved, even in today's climate, in today's, in the midst of evil, our Lord has overcome the world. We cannot, but in him we can. I go on to say, I'm just simply reading you the article. Indeed, this is a time, perhaps the time, of tribulation, of which the prophets have spoken. Whatever the time frame, it is absolutely clear that all of hell is blanketing the world, both within and without the church. It is time for us to put a survival plan into place sooner than later. Bishop Athanasius Snyder of Kakistan, one of the holiest, most courageous, and most orthodox bishops in the church today, grew up with his family <clears throat> under the terror of a communist regime. This is an excerpt 
from his amazing testimony given in an interview with LifeSite News. But I'll add that to that, beloved. If you want to know more about the life of Bishop um, Schneider in Pakistan under communist rule, get his book, Christus Vincit. Um, uh, fantastic. Just fantastic. Um, Bishop Snyder says, and I'm quoting now, I would say that I had the privilege to live in a time of persecution of the faith and of the church because such persecution gives you a foundation for all your life. It is a grace. And therefore, in some way, I would not characterize the time of persecution always negatively. God uses these circumstances of persecution in several degrees for our good, to purify our faith, to strengthen our faith. So in this way, I would see the persecution coming from the modern society. As you mentioned, he's speaking to John Henry Western, against the family, also as a chance to be purified, to be strengthened. See, end quote, and I say, to you, uh, as an aside from the article, um, I, I think it's enormous grace that we could be alive in such a time as this because it will it will force us to totally deny God and succumb to evil and be evil ourselves or to let persecution form us, to establish our priorities so that we know what is important and what is not and to truly live our vocation of raising our children in the faith. Continuing with the article, Bishop Snyder said that being a Catholic family in the truest sense of the word is the key to survival. In this most outstanding interview, Bishop Snyder gave Catholic parents the roadmap to surviving what he called a heretical wasteland. That is what we're in, a heretical wasteland and We're talking about, at the moment, the church, a heretical wasteland. Awful. There's 12 steps to this. And I want to give you these 12 steps from direct from Bishop Snyder uh, that I'm adopting as the foundation for the year ahead for this blog to take each step and help us to live it. Step number one, to see persecution as a grace from God for becoming purified and strengthened, not simply as something negative. And I, I hate to comment too much because I'll never get through this before our next break, but um, let, let me go. Well, um, I, I know growing up in a Jewish home in Brooklyn um, where we were fought, where uh, some of my family stabbed, uh, beaten, and called Christ killers as Jewish children in New York. And so we were very separate from society. We lived in the world and not of it, for sure. We stayed home on holy days, and we kept a a proper diet. Um, We celebrated the high holy days. We were modest in our clothing and our speech. We kept our faith. And we were in a form of possibility prosecution because of somehow, even as a child, um, uh, that persecution against Jews called Christ killers um, uh, was public, public. 
And so we know some of that from our childhood. And it grew us, it, it caused us to be closer as a family, to live our faith, again, in the world and not of it. I never heard those words, but that's how we grew up, in the world and not of it. Those things were deeply rooted in us and, and formed us. Point two, Bishop Snyder says, become rooted yourself in the Catholic faith through study of the catechism. You must do that, beloved. Three, protect your family's integrity above all else. Protect your family's integrity above all else. Four, catechize your children as your first duty. Beloved, it's your first duty. You're not an add-on to the schools. You're not a PS when they come home from school. It's your first duty that you teach them. And if you happen to send them to school, public or Catholic, it'll be a crime if you send them to public school. Um, But if you do, um, they need to be so catechized and well-informed in their faith that when they're in any atmosphere that is not Catholic, let alone what is pure evil, they clearly distinguish it, and they won't be taken in by it, no matter how nicely it's presented. Five, pray with your children daily, such as litanies and the rosary. Pray with them daily. Husbands, don't leave that to your wife. You are the spiritual leader of the home. You gather your family at night and pray the rosary with them. Read to them of the saints. Six, turn your home into a domestic church. We are the people of God. And when you go to church on Sunday, the church is going to church. The domestic church, the home, is going to church. Your home must be a domestic church. You need to have a prayer table set up. Uh, crucifixes in every room, especially one in every of, uh, one of your child's bedrooms. Seven, in the absence of a priest and Sunday Mass, make a spiritual communion. And with this pandemic, we experience the evil of that. Absolute evil of that. With Masses being shut down. With priests and bishops... Um, um, excusing, giving a dispensation for the faithful from Sunday Mass, which Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, um, former prefect of the um, apostolic signature, the highest office in the church, canonical, has said that no bishop and no priest has had the right to do that ever because it is not a man-made law, it is divine law. And no bishop or priest can alter a divine law. They do not know better than God. No bishop or priest will ever have the right to give a general population a dispensation from Holy Mass. They do it, but because either they don't know their faith or they've lost their faith, I, I can't speak for their motives or hearts. Maybe it's pure ignorance. I do not know. But if you're a bishop or priest, you have no right to that ignorance. You have no right to be ignorant. You are ordained as the shepherd of the sheep to get us to heaven. And you must not take anyone's word for it, but the word of the church, which says you may not 
give a dispensation from staying away from Holy Mass. Any bishop or priest now that is not allowing the faithful to receive Holy Communion because they're not vaccinated is ruled by the devil. I, I, there's nothing else I can say by that. There's nothing of God in it, and there's no in-between. If it's not of God, it's of Satan. No bishop or priest has any right to refuse anyone communion. No one. Number eight, withdraw your family from a parish spreading error, Bishop Athanasius Snyder says, and attend a faithful parish even if you have to travel far. When we were in Tulsa, we're in Beloit, Kansas now, when we were in Tulsa, we had families that drove two and a half hours to come to the Latin Mass on Sunday. They probably went to the Novus Ordo during the week, but they came to the Latin Mass on Sunday with their family when they could spend a day driving. Number nine, Bishop Snyder says, withdraw your children from school if they are encountering immoral danger in sex ed. And I want to tell you, there's no judgment in that. If your school is teaching sex ed, it is immoral. That's it. You don't have to see what kind of sex ed they're teaching. The schools have no business teaching sex ed. That's the part of the parents. That's from the home. The school teaches sex ed. Get your children out of there. Number 10. If you cannot withdraw, and you say, I know some Catholic schools who supposedly are good Catholic schools, they have sex ed classes. Shame on them. Absolutely shame on them. It's not the place of the school to go through that. If you teachers are so concerned about your students, then meet with them privately. Meet with them privately. Have little disciple groups and help them. But it is not a place for sex ed. And certainly not men and women together, young men and young women together. Certainly not. Number 10, if you cannot withdraw your children, establish a coalition of parents to fight for that right. Now, why you cannot withdraw your children, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe you're a single parent and there's no way you can homeschool. I don't know the circumstances. God does. And there are many parents suffering who cannot homeschool who would if they could. And if you establish a coalition of parents to fight for that right, good, um, but get your children out no matter what. Establish a coalition of parents who homeschool. There are parents who can homeschool and parents who cannot because they must work. They must bring in an income. They're in a situation that they need to feed their children. Find parents who do homeschool and see if they'll take your children in. Teach your children with them. Number 11, fight for parental rights using available democratic tools. And finally, 12, be prepared for persecution in protecting your children. Be prepared for persecution. If you're not, if you're not willing to face consequences, you will destroy your lives and you will destroy the children God gave you to raise for the kingdom. Back to Bishop Snyder's point one. See, persecution is a grace from God for becoming purified and strengthened, not simply as something negative. We'll be back after the break, beloved. Maybe my hiccups will be gone. And um, we'll take your calls and your emails and your texts. Toll free, one 544 
511. Sorry about that. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened, we are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814 676 1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together for your calls, your texts, your emails. I love hearing from you. Uh, our lines are wide open, and the toll-free number, which I messed up before the break, is a toll-free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. And as I always say, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. It does not have to be the subject we're speaking of. It's what's ever on your heart. <clears throat> we have an email from a sister, Virginia, who says, Praise be Jesus Christ. Dear Mother, my name is Sister Virginia of Christ... Sorry, Sister Virginia of Jesus Crucified. I am a former Carmelite nun... I am 55 in age and in good health. I am single and would like to join the sisters in this community, this community of the Blessed Mother. I'm guessing you're speaking of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you in the pure heart of Mary, Sister Virginia. Sister Virginia, I'm confused by your uh, text, or your email rather, because if you're a former Carmelite nun... You, you could not enter another community unless your vow, if you've been dispensed of your vows. And if you've been dispensed of your vows, you're no longer a sister. 
So to call yourself Sister Virginia of Jesus Crucified, a former Carmelite nun, dispensed of your vows, is quite confusing to me. Um, um, and so what you can do is go to our website uh, and send us an email. The website is motherofisraelshope.org and go to contact and you'll see vocations uh, inquiry at motherofisraelshope.org. You'll see our vocations uh, email to write us. And if you will, you will email me and uh, let me know of your situation, uh, why you are still calling yourself Sister Virginia of Jesus Crucified, if or not you've been dispensed of your vows, if you're in fact free from any vows to become in another community a religious sister. If you let me know all that, um, uh, the reason you were dispensed from your vows or so forth, let me know that in an email, and then I will be in touch with you. We have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and, and says, <clears throat> with all the talk about removing Latin mass, what about Hebrew? What are the requirements for doing Hebrew language mass? The issue isn't a Hebrew language mass. They do a Hebrew language mass in Israel where the language is Hebrew. I've been to it. It's a Hebrew language mass. Just as if you went to Spain, you would be, have a Spanish mass because that's the normal language of the mass. They still would keep the Latin parts, but it would be a Hebrew language mass. The issue that um, that some people are hoping for one day would be a Hebrew rite, R-I-T-E mass. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about that or know more about that, my brother David is the head of the Association of Hebrew Catholics Worldwide, and their website is Hebrew Catholic, singular one word, HebrewCatholic.net. You can go on there and get an awful lot of information and be in touch with them um, because they are uh, striving for um, uh, that sort of right. You would think that... Uh, the Israel came, the church came, was born of Israel, uh, the root of God's people, that the first mass um, would have been a Hebrew rite. And in fact, um, the mass as we know it just comes straight out of the Hebrew rite, uh, so to speak. Um, uh, everything comes out of what God did for Israel and blossomed into its fulfillment like the caterpillar into the butterfly in the Catholic Church. We have a text from someone who writes anonymously and says, just hoping for some clarification. Is it correct that you are not necessarily against all vaccines, but rather the testing or production of the vaccine using aborted fetal cells? That's 100% right. Absolutely, I'm not against vaccines that are going to cure people. I just don't want to be cured at the expense of a murdered baby. If there were, this person continues, if there were a COVID vaccine that we knew for 100% certain was not associated with fetal cells, and that means even in its testing, in any way, do you think you would encourage Catholics to receive it? It's possible I would, um, but you see, I believe COVID is an evil invention to begin with. I believe it was an invented disease to control and kill off the population. And so 
if there were a vaccine that we knew 100% sure was not associated with fetal cells, um, I don't know, I'd have to look um, far and wide into the origin and production of that vaccine because the enemy who created COVID is not going to create a vaccine to cure it. So I would, I would, uh, there are things to cure it, but I don't know of such a vaccine that could ever cure it. And um, I wouldn't recommend anything until I knew absolutely for sure that it was safe. We do know that ivermectin works. We do know that it works. And we do know that and it's not a vaccine, it's pills. Um, been around for a long time. And uh, we do know that because it works, um, doctors who want to prescribe it are being shut down. Evil is reigning, beloved. Um, there's no vaccine currently that I would trust for COVID. We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, my own parish uses Eucharistic ministers to administer the Holy Eucharist. Beloved, there's no such thing as a Eucharistic minister. Um, No such thing. The church has called such a, a ministry as extraordinary, extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist. Not Eucharistic ministers. We have the church in the Novus Ordo form has shortened it to Eucharistic ministers, uh, which uh, spreads and heightens the abuse of such a thing. If we called it properly by its name, extraordinary, extraordinary ministers of Holy Eucharist, it means that ministers other than the priest of Holy Eucharist are to be used only in extraordinary purposes, only for extraordinary times. We are not in them. I don't care if a parish has 5,000 people. The priest or two priests, even one, can serve the entire parish. Nobody should touch that consecrated host but the consecrated hands of a priest. No one. Again, except for extraordinary circumstances. So if you're a Eucharistic minister, I would urge you to resign from that post and maybe be available to the priest in extraordinary circumstances. Perhaps he's in a wheelchair. Perhaps he is too sick. Extraordinary circumstances. And so I will go back now to the beginning of this uh, email that says, my own parish priest uses quote-unquote, Eucharistic ministers to administer the Holy Eucharist and does not like to administer on the tongue. Well, what he likes or dislikes is not the issue. Administrating Eucharistic, the Holy Eucharist on the tongue, is the church's norm. Communion in the hand is allowed, but the norm is communion on the tongue. If a priest doesn't like it, he shouldn't be a priest. And whether he likes it or not is not the issue. The norm is to administer the Holy Eucharist on the tongue. Your priest doesn't, shame on him. And this person goes on, the last time I received at my parish, I was refused to receive on my tongue. Well, whoever refused you is in sin. They are in sin. It's not their preference. It's the, it's the um, uh, formal position of the church. And no one has any right to act against it. They have a right to sin, but they have no right to act against it. 
and be in good standing with God. This person says, I found a parish several miles away that is more traditional. It has altar railings, and it will administer the Holy Eucharist either on the tongue in a kneeling position or standing and placed in one's hands. I do not feel self-conscious about kneeling and receiving on my tongue. I enjoy going there for Sunday services. It is beautiful, etc. But I would like to, at times, go to my own parish for different events with friends and families. And family, is it wrong to receive in the hand and by Eucharistic ministers at those times? Well, I'm not going to tell you it's wrong. Um, but I'm going to tell you your priorities are off. You are putting friends and families and special events before God and the holy reverence due to him. And that's never right. It is never right to put friends and families and uh, different gatherings before God and before the honor that's due him. It is never right. So I would say, go to your parish and receive the, 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 uh, the parish that serves uh, our Lord, kneeling and on the tongue. And when you get out of, uh, when Mass is over, go over to your Novus Ordo parish and have coffee with your friends. But I would certainly not substitute one for the other and put friends or family before reverence for God. And this person who writes it anonymously ends by saying, you remind me so much of Mother Angelica of EW2DN. May God continue to bless your works. We have an email from Yvonne. I like the way she says that you explain things in a concise way. And then she says, what is the Holy Mass? Oy vey. What is the difference between gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? Wow. Um, And then she says, thank you so much for all you do, Yvonne. That would be a whole program, but let me give it a start. Let me give it a beginning. Number one, what is Holy Mass? Holy Mass is... The Jewish Passover fulfilled in the Jewish Messiah, in the Lamb of God. That's what the Mass is. It is, I just lost a page. Um, It is the Passover fulfilled. Um, Every Passover, the Jewish people, all of Judea, all of Jerusalem, all of Israel would go up to Jerusalem and they would get a lamb. Exodus chapter 12 describes it. A lamb, a male, a one-year-old, without blemish, without spot. And they would bring that lamb to the priest. And they would put their hand on the head of the lamb. Here's the little lamb. They put their hand on the head of the lamb. And it would be symbolic of the sin of that person passing from that person onto that lamb. And that lamb, who was innocent but who symbolically had taken him upon himself the sin of this person was slain. And the blood of that lamb was shed on the altar in payment for this person's sin. The innocent put the death for the guilty. Why? Because our Lord wrote in the Torah, in the middle book of Leviticus, the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your sins, 
because it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. The entire Hebrew Scriptures, the entire Old Testament, says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. And finally, a million Old Testament lambs with their blood shed could never pay for sin, never take it away. They were dead. Dead lambs can't do anything. But when Jesus came and John the Baptist looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, he was put on the cross, and then all our sins transferred to him, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, in whom alone there is forgiveness. And at every Mass, that Lamb of God is made present, represented, the sacrifice represented on every altar of every Catholic Church. Calvary made present. We'll be right back. beloved this is mother miriam host of mother miriam live like the catholic current and the many other programs that originate from the station of the cross divine mercy in my soul is all about the messages that jesus revealed to saint faustina it is aired every sunday morning at 11 eastern and tuesday nights at 8 p.m or you can listen anytime to divine mercy in my soul on the i catholic radio mobile app This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the news stories of the day that you need to know. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. God love you. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and you're welcome to call in. Our lines are still wide open um, at uh, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We, we do have a call for Bill. Hello, Bill, in Michigan. Hi. 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 How are you doing, Bill? 
I'm trying to keep in mind how much worse I can be, but but uh, I want I good. Well, I then you to, know what you know what that's not bad. What you just said, trying to keep in mind right. how much worse I could be by the grace of God, I am what I am. God bless you. Go ahead, dear. But um, uh, I was thinking of making a, like a five dollar donation because I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you. I cannot afford much, but I can afford five dollars. Well, five dollars is of, right from your heart. Okay. Yeah, and I and I was yeah, I feel a moral obligation to pay for you for all the people who keep you on the air. Oh, how sweet! How sweet! But, um, well, but I go ahead. I was, but I need to thank you for warning us about hell. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time. I have a hard time. I say the Lord's prayer in private when I get out of bed, and I but I have a hard time believing. It's like I'm just laying there talking to myself, but I do believe in the fear of God. Yes, the fear of God is is what keeps me scared. It keeps me scared into obeying the golden rule, and and I and I need to thank you for for reminding us of the fear of hell. Um, Bill, my dear brother, the fear of God is a wonderful thing. God does not want us to walk through this world being afraid, being frightened, because love is a higher motive and value. We don't want to sin because we fear the pains of hell. And yet we want to have a higher motive of obeying God because we want to love him above all things. But it's a very, it's a good grace of God in anyone's life when the fear of hell is a beginning motive. That's very good. Yeah, yeah Jesus says to fear God, you know, he says to That's fear, right. fear God who, who can put us in hell. He says, That's exactly right. Where, 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 where did he say that? He says that in... Matthew 10, 24 to 33, mm-hmm. Mark 9, 42 to 50. Now you got Luke it on your fingertips. Good for you. Luke 12, Absolutely. 12. Yep. Don't and fear I, him, I, that's Satan, who can destroy the body, but fear him, that's God, who can put both body and soul into hell. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you, you bringing that up at the start of the program. Good, Bill. Um, uh, I guess you got to let you go, or do you have time? Or yeah. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. But um, yeah, I I have a hard time believing in God. I have a hard time loving a God who does not reveal Himself to us. But I do I do fear God. I fear the possibility of of hell, and that's what keeps you know, me straight. Why do you have a you say you have a hard time fearing a God who does not reveal Himself to us? Why do you think? Time. Why do you I think God has? Why do you think? Belief. Why do you think, Bill, that God has not revealed Himself to us? Why do you think that? Because I never hear from Him. I, I pray the Lord's Prayer, and it's just like I'm talking to myself. It's like it's like I'm just laying there talking to myself. Let me ask you sure. this: Suppose you had a dear friend whom you really loved. I don't know your circumstances right now, but let's just say you had a dear friend who you truly, truly loved, someone very precious to you, he or she, um, whoever that dear friend is. And let's say that you two are in a different country or something like that. You couldn't get together. But he would write you letters. Maybe it's an uncle or a a relative or, again, a friend that you knew. And suppose he wrote you letters often, and told you what was going on in his life, told you 
what God is doing in his life. And suppose you wrote him the same. And suppose you told him that you've got a hard time um, uh, praying to a God who doesn't seem to reveal himself to you, but yet you are reminded and you believe in hell and you want to steer clear of it. And you continue writing. Your friend wrote you back and say, said, uh, you, you wrote one another back and he really revealed his heart to you um, and you helped one another, you counseled one another through your letters. Maybe it's a pen pal. Maybe you've never met one another in person, but you've developed a relationship through the years um, through these extraordinary letters. Would you say of such a person, even though you couldn't meet in the flesh, so to speak, on earth, that he hasn't revealed himself to you? Well, well, he has revealed himself to me because he wrote letters. But God okay. never writes me letters. Okay, hold on. And would you say, could he say of you that you never revealed yourself to him? And the same answer, you write him letters, so he couldn't say that. You just quoted th- three verses from the Gospel of Matthew. That is God's letter to you, Bill. The scriptures put together in the canon of scriptures were written to us. It, the Holy Spirit, not man, is the author of scripture. God used the instrumentality of man, of a human beings, to, and their personalities to write these things down, but they're straight from God to us. The Bible is God's love letter to us from Genesis to Revelation. Every word in there to us is from God for two purposes, that we may know him and know himself, ourselves in relation to him. There's no other purpose for the Bible. It is God's letter to us, miraculously, superintended is the word many use, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think it's First Peter that says, no scripture of man, no scriptures of human origin, but men spoke, uh, or the Holy Spirit spoke through men to give us God's word. These are God's words. If you say God never wrote to you, you dismiss the entire Bible as being a work of man that's a nice theological thing. It's the very, very words of God. Superintended. It is special revelation. The heavens declare the glory of God, the Bible says, Psalm 119. Um, The heavens declare the glory of God. So we can know that God exists without special revelation. But we could not know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God without special revelation or that the Bible is the Word of God without special revelation. That is God's Word to us. It is a letter ever old and ever new. And if you want to hear from God, my dear brother Bill, you open that Bible and read it cover to cover completely and know that God has written that for you, his child with a roadmap on how to live and how to get to heaven. Can you not believe that? I, I pay attention. Um, different people say that the Bible contradicts itself. But I, Forget but those I, people. They're not, they're not believers. God does not contradict himself. 
there might be apparent things that seem to contradict itself, like the sun rising, the sun doesn't rise, you know, the earth revolves. There might be apparent contradictions, but not a single one. Not when we understand the context in which God has written. Forget those people. Go ahead. Oh, I gotta let you go. The music's, the music's gone. I yes, gotta let you go. You, you do because so, uh, we're, we're in our last f- 15 seconds. Uh, Bill, um, gather some thoughts and, and call me again. I'd love to continue this conversation. I'm, I'll just tell everybody we have to run an encore tomorrow. I have a, a point with the surgeon, so I'm doing better. Um, but I'll be with you uh, live Wednesday, Bill. If you can call in, I would love it to continue this. Okay. God bless all of you, and we'll speak with you soon, and we'll be on tomorrow as an encore. <laughs>